Welcome to the Grace College Podcast, a ministry of Grace Bible Church located in College Station, Texas. We desire to impact students who will impact the world for Christ. Hope you enjoy the talk and hang around for more after. Well, if you have a Bible, uh, jump to James chapter 3, James chapter 3. That's where we're going to be this morning, and uh, that'll be a lots of fun. James chapter 3. And I'm going to read a little bit for us, uh, and then pray for us, and then we will jump in. James chapter 3, starting in verse 1, says this. Now, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with a stricter judgment, with, more, with greater strictness. For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, also able to bridle his whole body. If we put the bits in the mouths of the horses so that they obey us, we guide their bodies as well. Look at ships also. Though they are so large, they are driven by strong winds. They are guided by a very small rudder, wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire. A world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among its members, staining the whole body, set on fire the entire course of one's life, and set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and reptile and sea creature can be tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil, full of deadly poison. With it we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursing. My brothers, these things ought not be so. Does a spring pour forth the same openness from fresh and salt water? Can a fig tree, my brothers, bear olives or grapevine produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. Let me pray for us one more time. Lord, thank you so much for your word, and I thank you so much for uh, the convicting truth that it brings. Um, that our, our mouths can be a powerful force in this world. And so, Lord, I pray that as we open up your word, that you would help us to see clearly how we can use our words to be different in this world. That our words, the, the words that come out of our mouth, could be ones that inspire and encourage, not ones that tear down. And Lord, but we can't do that without the power of your Spirit to change our hearts and lives. So Lord, we're asking that you would send your Spirit to awaken our minds and awaken our hearts, that we might be ones that speak life into this world. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, as we jump in, we are in the, in the middle of a series called Different. Um, week one was a couple weeks ago when Trey Corey started us off looking at um, how we uh, work in the world. Our, our work should look different. The way that faith impacts the jobs we choose and the way that we engage in the world should be different than normal people. And you can look at that um, on our website um, or on our podcast, our college podcast, uh, and, and go back and, and refresh um, from that week. But also, a cool new thing that we have is, is all of our um, sermon series are now accompanied by uh, daily devotions in the Bible app. So if you have the Bible app um, on your phone, you can literally search 
for our, um, our, our sermon series. And if you search different direction, uh, it'll look something like this. There'll be a picture that looks like this for Grace College. And you can follow along with us. And this is one of the new things that we're starting uh, really this year is to partner with the Bible app and allow uh, the content of our sermon series to be supported um, by a daily devotional. So if that, you want to jump into that, you can search on your phone different direction and jump in right there and start on that series. And we get to see who's following along, which is really fun. It's really encouraging. So uh, not, we're not track like not individually, just like generally, you know, who's, who's there like, we will track you. But I will say this, uh, if you want to use it as accountability with your friends, you can actually invite your friends to it and follow along together. So you can actually use it that way as well. Enough on the Bible app. All right, moving on. Um, our words are powerful. Our words can have an effect. Uh, Proverbs 18.21 says this, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. And if you were to think about your life in terms of a bowl, what I would tell you is the the product of your life, the the, the friendships that you have, the, the relationships you enjoy, everything that you create could be seen like a bowl. And I would say we, we choose to fill what... What, comes, what we fill our life with is actually the life we create. And that's what Proverbs is getting. It says death and life are in the power of your tongue. And so if we were to just look at your words, and if we were to take your words of, of maybe sarcasm. Anyone like sarcastic words? Anyone good, like, biting sarcastic words to friends? Like, uh, hey, do you like my shirt? Yeah, if I was a loser, I'd love that shirt, you know? <laughs> And we can take these words, and, and, and Proverbs, Proverbs actually has a bunch of different ways to describe the types of words that we say. Some, some of those words, they would describe it as rash words. Um, it says this, the, the one whose rash words are, are like thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And for some of us, we have rash words. Like, like we are people that really are good at sarcasm. And so as soon as someone says anything, we're just like, I've got a word for that, right? And, and instead of thinking about it, we just say it, right? We just go, oh, you need to hear this. And, and we kind of launch out that word. And so maybe it's not sarcastic word, but maybe there's another type of word that you have. And maybe it's a little bit red, right? There's another type of word that you put out there into the word. Um, there's fighting words. Some of you guys, you knew this guy in high school, or you were this person. You like to have just words that are a little bit cutting. This is my favorite verse for people that are thinking about getting married. Uh, and we've got a couple people who got engaged these past couple weeks. Yeah. So fun. Okay, if they're at your table, you need to say, you're amazing. And we, got, we also have a couple getting married next week. One of our table host couples, the Sisks, are getting married too. All right, all right, all right. Here's a word for you, married people, or think people are getting married. It says this, Proverbs 21.9. It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than a house shared with a quarrelsome wife. Oh, that's rough. Well, gentlemen, we got one too. It says this, Proverbs 18.6. A fool's lips walk into a fight, and his mouth invites a beating. Okay? Some of you, you're like, I know that guy. He's my roommate. Uh, some of those words are just fighting words. That's, that's also what we kind of put into the words. Some of the words, honestly, are, 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 are hurtful. Look, hurtful words that we, that we would speak. And Proverbs 11, 9 says this. Um, when, his, when the mouth of the godless man speaks, he would destroy his neighbor. But by knowledge, the righteous is delivered. But there's people that would just speak hurtful words into the culture, into the community. And it, it literally 
destroys the neighbor. It's, it's, it's rash words, it's hurtful words that we speak into the people around us, into our relationships. And last time, the last type of word, um, in Proverbs, says this, there's a perverse word. It says this, a gentle tongue is a tree of life, but a perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The heart of a righteous man ponders how to answer, but the mouth of a wicked person pours for, forth evil things. In Proverbs it says, we can literally with our words be, be perverse. We can be hurtful, harmful in the words that we speak. And as we, as we think about and weigh out all the words that we say in a given week, in a given month, in a given year, if we were to think about all the words we speak out and the life that that creates, I I think we might be surprised if we could actually put them into colors and all put them out there. These are your relationships. This is your life, what you're putting out there. We might be surprised about the concoction that we're making. And that's James's point in this section. He says, I want you to think about your tongue. I want you to think about the words that are coming out of your mouth. And I also want you to think about the life that you are building with the words that you are speaking. And the reason this is so crucial is this, is that as Christians, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to look different. And the words that we speak into the world should be different. And the relationships we form based on the words that we speak, should look different than all the words of the world. And and James gives us some great insight into thinking about our mouth, what comes out in our speech. And the first thing he says in the section is this, your tongue is tough to control. And he warns them in verse 1, he says this, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, For you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. And what is his point? His point is simply this. Don't aspire to be a teacher. Don't strive for this role. Don't strive for this platform. Don't strive for that place of authority. And here's why he's saying that. In their culture, uh, to be a teacher was someone that had a level of authority, had um, a level of influence. And he says, all of you, a lot of you guys are wanting to have that spot. A lot of you people are wanting to have that spot. But just listen. If you actually have that spot of authority, you will be judged with greater strictness. God will judge your life. And Jesus reiterates the same principle. That that if you aspire to teach, if you aspire to speak, your words will have greater weight than other people's. And God will judge you more strictly based on the words that you speak. And the reason he tells you, don't just strive after this is because simply this, not only is it more difficult to teach, but secondly, your tongue controls your life. Verse 2 says it this way, For we all stumble in many ways. And if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, also able to bridle his entire body. He says this, If you can control your mouth, you are one that can control your whole life. He says, if you can control what comes out of your mouth, that is someone that can literally control everything about himself. And you're like, Kevin, is that really true? Well, I just want you to try it. I want you to think about a given week. I want you to think about your life of a given week. And I want you to think about if you literally controlled everything, if you were able to control everything that came out of your mouth. So tomorrow you're going to sit in class. And you're going to sit next to that person. And here's the hard part about that person. You may have built that relationship on complaining, right? Like, how did you start this relationship? Like, oh, man, this class is lame. Yeah, I think so. Like, be my friend. And you just, you, you may have started with that. 
And you're going to sit in class next to that person and they're going to, they're going to go into that conversation like they've always gone into that conversation. They're going to say to you, as soon as the professor starts speaking, all right, this is going to be rough. And you're going to be like, oh, but think about how much we're learning, you know, like, <laughs> like, like, can you, instead of agreeing, can you actually speak positively into that moment? Think about parking. You're driving off campus onto campus and you're driving along just very trying to have the right words, trying to have the right thoughts as you're driving to that parking spot and you don't want to be late for class and you pull into the the parking garage and you're driving around to find your spot and you see someone just cut across and take your spot. And in that moment, you're saying, okay, Kevin told me and James has warned me to watch my mouth. So what thoughts can I put in my mind? Can I be one that goes... They're probably late for class and a presentation. They probably have greater needs than I do at this moment because I was prepared for this moment. So like I, or are you going to say something else? Or think about your roommates. You're going to go home today. You're going to go home one day this week, and you're going to see piles of dishes that some of your roommates have graciously left for you there. And, and you're going to see your roommate watching uh, the Cowboys um, later on today or, or some football game. Okay, all right, Texan, I don't know who you, your people, right? You're going to watch them <laughs> playing football, and he's going to be watching games, whether or not he's cheering, and he's going to be watching there, and you're going to have in your mind something to say, like, you know, like, why have you left them there? And, and you're going to have to choose, how am I going to speak? What, what am I going to create in this world with my roommates? How am I going to address this person? And you're like, I know exactly what I'm going to say. And, and, and the challenge is this, how do you control it? How do you stop it? And he says, look, the problem is this. Your tongue is very, very difficult to control. To control your words. If you can control what comes out of your mouth, I'll tell you what. You are a person that can control their entire body. Because so few people have that level of discipline. He also says the tongue is unique. And he gives all of these illustrations to show you the uniqueness of your tongue. And there's three big things that he lines out in his illustration is this. And the first one is that it's powerful. Your tongue is powerful in its effect. Verse 3, it says this. Now if we put the bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole body as well. Look at a ship. Though they are large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder. What's his point? He says, your tongue, though small, can control big things. Like a little jockey can, can direct a huge, powerful horse. Why? Just by that little bit in the mouth. A huge ship is driven by a small rudder. A small thing can control a big thing. And your tongue, though very, very small, is actually very powerful. It has a big effect. It can make a huge effect. And you see this. You look at singers, right? If you're able to control your voice, control your mouth, those words come forth crystal clean and powerful. People will pay millions of dollars to watch you sing as you fill up concert venues across the nation. Am I right? Not just in, in singing, but think about the political figures in history. Think about Martin Luther King Jr., Able to, to help bring a huge group of people together to, to shape a nation by the power of his words. His I have a dream speech is one of the most powerful speeches ever given. One of the most beautiful speeches ever given. Think about American presidents. 
uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt um, was the only president to be elected to four different terms. He was the only one to have ever done that. And he would have these... He in, in, uh, he had a terrible circumstances that he walked into. It was the Great Depression and World War II that he led the nation through. And during the Great Depression, he started this, these things called fireside tra- chats, where he would, he would sit and give these radio broadcasts to the nation, and he would encourage them. And literally, the entire nation would sit along, listening to the radio, to these fireside chats, as he united these people um, to empower through a, a terrible, terrible circumstance. It was, it was in that time, in those fireside chats, that he actually coined the phrase, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. And it was in those, those powerful words that he was literally able to unite a nation. But not only that, to prepare people to go to war in World War II. To protect people, to protect Europe. He was able to inspire and galvanize people. Winston Churchill in England was able to do something similar. While England is getting bombed, he's encouraging his people to stand with his great speech. Don't ever give up. Don't ever, ever, ever give up. Right? And, and, and it was through his words that he was able to unite and encourage a nation to stand. Your words are powerful. Small words can make a big impact to people. But not only are they powerful, secondly, they're dangerous. Words are powerful, but secondly, they're dangerous. James says it this way in verse 5. So also the tongue is a small member, yet it boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, set on fire by hell. He gives this illustration, it's really clear, of of one of fire. And the purpose of understanding that, that imagery is because he says the tongue is dangerous. Right now, there's California forest fires um, ravaging, really, the, the whole state. And there's one um, forest fire in particular called, uh, a camp, called Camp Fire, and that's the name of the fire. Like, we have names of hurricanes, they have names of fires, and it's called camp, the Camp Fire. And it started out in a, in a rural, rural area where there was, not, there was trees, a lot of brush, and literally, it has come over and, and destroyed cities and towns 23 people have died in the course of this fire. And what James is saying is, your tongue is like that. It is one that can, that can speak life or death. It can hurt people. It can be like a raging fire that spreads. And, and we have phrases to kind of like dull the, the impact of words. We have phrases like this. You probably said it as a kid. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, right? You've heard that phrase, maybe you've said that phrase, maybe your mama said that phrase to you. And, and, and when do you say that to yourself? Like, when the words did hurt, right? Like when that kid did say something at recess, and you're like, sticks and stones may break my body. Anybody go, well, why, why say that? Because the words did hurt. The words were powerful. And the truth is this, sticks and stones may break my, my, my bones, but words, man, they'll stick with you. Some of you, are suffering the implications of a, of a poorly chosen word. Some of us have lost friendships based on a rash, poorly chosen word. Some of us have, have, have seen the, the harmful implications of poorly chosen words. 
my sister didn't even know this, but when, when we were, when I was in junior high, early high school, um, I had this aspiration to, to run in college. And my sister, unbeknownst to her, she, she would, if I even mentioned this to her, she would never remember, but she simply said this to me, you'll never be good enough to do that. It was a simple, poorly chosen phrase at a wrong moment, and that little phrase got buried deep in my heart like a little thorn. And some of you have that. Maybe it's the word from a parent. Maybe it's the word from a friend. It's that one little phrase that someone just lobbed into your world, and that little phrase dug deep in your heart, and you're like, why can't I dislodge that? Because words can be dangerously destructive. They can pierce your hearts, but not only are they powerful and dangerous, thirdly, words are, the tongue is duplicitous. Meaning, it's two-faced. Another phrase we have for that is, is someone has like a forked tongue, like they speak out of both sides of their mouth. The way James says it is like this, with it we, we bless our Lord and Father, and with it we curse people who are made in the likeness of God. From the same mouth come blessings and cursings, my brother. This ought not be. He says the real challenge with the tongue is this. The same tongue that you use to say, I love you, you also used to say, I hate you. The same tongue that is used to say, will you marry me, is also the same tongue sadly used to say, I want a divorce. The same tongue that brings life also brings destruction. And the difficulty is this. With the same tongue, tongue we, we bless God and we curse the people that he made. And that's, he just, it shouldn't be that way. See, and we should believe that. We should understand that. See, God is good and we come to the moment like this and we want to praise God and that is right and we want to sing to God and that is good. And and the challenge is once we leave this moment, we see people all over the world that are made in the image of God. God made them. They're God's kids. And we belittle them. We speak words over given them. And if I was just to look at my words over a given week, if I was to look at your words over a given week, if I was to look at your Twitter feed or Facebook or Instagram posts, and if I was to weigh all those out, weigh all mine, weigh all yours, if I was to look at, at the life we are creating with these words, would I be one that said, oh, I'm, I'm spreading life into the world, or is, is it a lot murkier than I would want? And my question is this, if, if, if it's true, that our life is a product of the words that we speak. If we're supposed to be ones that, that spread life and not death, or we're supposed to be ones that speak in a way that uplift and encourage others, how do I change what's coming out of my mouth? How do we change our tongue? Well, I love James's answer because he's, it's a surprising answer. He actually doesn't really give you an answer. He just kind of says, it shouldn't be this way. And in verse 11, he goes on to say, does a spring pour forth the same opening of fresh water and also salt water? Can a fig, my brothers, bear olives or grapevines produce figs? Neither can a salt pond yield fresh water. He says, look, the problem with controlling the tongue is this. You can't just make your tongue Choose to be better. You have to change the source. The starting part 
for new speech is not just the willpower to stop saying it. He says at the beginning of this, you can't control it. You have to go deeper than just what I'm choosing to say. You have to go deeper to change the source. Jesus says it this way in Luke 45. He says, the good person, out of his good treasure of his heart, produces what is good. The evil person, out of the evil treasure, produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So how do you change what you're putting out into the world? You've got to change the heart. We need a heart that has the right things in it. And what what you change is the source going into the heart. And if what's going into the heart is clean and pure, like clear, clean water... I'll tell you what, that is the starting point because you can't change what's in here. You have to get the source from something else. Augustine says it this way. When he's looking and reflecting on this passage in James, Augustine says that that as the Lord looks at your heart, he says that he has pity and grace to change it, to want to speak the right words. So we literally have to go changing the source. Jesus says to the woman at the well, As she has all of these mistakes in her life, he says, the problem is this, you thirst. And you're going to all these places to to get your thirst quenched. Instead, you should come to me, the source of life. Jesus says, and from your heart will come rivers of living water. What has to happen first is a change in heart. And the only way your heart can be changed to speak, to overflow with good things is if you first come to the source of life, Jesus Christ. That he pours himself into you. That you change the source. And it means that you believe that Jesus died in my place for my sins. And I'll tell you what, you can't start a new life and build new things until you start changing the source of what goes into your life. And here's the hard part. I would hope I would say that everything would be perfectly clear once you come to Jesus. But it won't be. Change in output requires change in input. The change in what I put out requires me to change what I'm putting in. And and there will come a time when it becomes clear that your life becomes more clear, becomes more Christ-like. But I'll tell you what, it requires more input. It requires a lot more input. And that's the second piece I would give you. Not only does it change first on the source, secondly, you have to change what is going in. Proverbs 4, 5 says it this way. Get wisdom and insight. Do not forget to turn away from the words of my mouth. Change what's coming into your heart. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to do the Bible app. So that you guys can, can, from day to day, week to week, have the right inputs coming in. Not only the source would be changed, but what you're listening to, what you're reading on the bus, all of those would be changing as they're coming in. And so as you're pouring out, it would be coming clearer and clearer and less murky and muddy. And not perfect, but your inputs and outputs would become more clear as the right sources are coming in. And thirdly... That you would choose the words you speak carefully. As Jesus is changing your heart and mind, as that source is coming into your heart and life, 
what would be going out, you would choose very, very carefully. Proverbs 10.19 says this, the words of the, When words are many, transgressions are not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. That you would say, Jesus, I want to say the right words. I can't control what comes out of my mouth, but Lord, will you give me the power? Will you empower me to, to protect my tongue, to not just be yapping, 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 but to control my tongue? Proverbs 13.3 says this one, Whoever guards his mouth preserves his life, but he who opens his lips comes to ruin. Some of you need to tattoo this on your arm. <laughs> Whoever guards his mouth preserves life. Whoever opens his, mouth, his lips comes to ruin. Some of you wish you could take back so many words that you've said. Proverbs 16.24 says this, Gracious words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the body. He says, I want you to change the source. Can a salt water spring produce fresh water? It can't. You have to change the source. Can a grape tree or a produce figs? Can an olive tree produce figs? No. You have to change the tree. That comes through Jesus Christ. And as he is the input of your life, what comes out will be more clear. And for some of us, there's, there's a lot, it's a lot murkier than that. For some of us, if we look at the relationships we built, the people that we've interacted with, it looks really, really murky. And I'll tell you this, changing those relationships will take time. Some of you have broken parent relationships. Changing those relationships will take time. But if your words are gracious, if you're changing the source, if you're shifting the inputs of your life, I'll tell you what, more and more of the words that you speak into those relationships will change those relationships over time. I remember when I learned this with my roommates. I knew that as I was talking with them, I was, I was, I was very negative and I was very judgmental in a lot of my words. They weren't believers at the time and I was very negative in a lot of my words. And I remember reading this passage in James and thinking more and more about the community I wanted to build. And I was like, okay, Lord, what do I need to do? And I went to the source. And I willed in my mind to let Jesus be my center. Jesus changed my mind, changed my heart, changed my life, and changed the words that I'm speaking into this community. And I'll say over time, not immediately, But over time, those relationships began to grow deeper. And we actually had legitimate, great conversations as I changed the inputs because the source got changed. What would this culture be like if Christians were ones that spoke life and positivity? What would your house be like if we were ones that spoke life and positivity? What if we we spoke the truth in love and people felt it? I'll tell you what, it would definitely change your relationships and we would look very very different in this world let me pray for us lord thank you so much for this morning and i thank you so much that you are the god who can change our heart from the inside out and i know lord that many of us have not chosen our words correctly (laughs) We've been rash, we've been hurtful with a lot of our words. And Lord, I I pray that we wouldn't change our speech just so that we can be nice people. 
but because we want to speak life into this world. Jesus, you are the author of life. And so, Lord, I pray for some of us that we might actually come to faith alone in you, Jesus, this morning. Knowing that that you can change our hearts and lives so that we can be ones that speak life into this world. And for others of us, Lord, we have relationships that have been broken because of our poor choice in words. So, Father, I pray that we would be ones that come to the source, become changed from the inside, and be ones that go make apologies. And be ones that step into the lives of others with words of life. Lord, I cannot change our hearts. I cannot change my heart, but you can. So, Father, I pray that you would give us um, eyes to see and words to speak that would bring healing to this land. It's in your name we pray.